Welcome to Rethink, the future of skilled nursing, a podcast from Skilled Nursing News. I'm your host, Maggie Flynn. My guest today is Sue Kraft, the Vice President for Inpatient Case Management and Post-Acute Care Services at Henry Ford Health System in Michigan. I wanted to ask her about what it's like to work with post-acute care from the hospital side and what hospitals want to see from their skilled nursing partners in terms of data, communication, and collaboration. Before we get to the conversation with Sue, I'd like to let you know about the 2019 Architecture and Design Awards held by our sister publication, Senior Housing News. Enter your newly developed or remodeled SNF in this year's awards under the nursing home or renovation categories. Over the last seven years, hundreds of entries from across the country have been judged in this program. To find out more information about the competition, visit www.shnawards.com. I am joined by Sue Kraft, the Vice President of Inpatient Case Management and Post-Acute Care Services at Henry Ford Health System. Sue, thank you so much for making the time to join me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. So I want to start with your role at Henry Ford. Can you talk about what you do in terms of working with skilled nursing facilities and in terms of patient discharges to the skilled nursing facility setting? Sure. So I started my role as uh, Vice President of Inpatient Case Management back in January, so it's a relatively new role for me, and I oversee case management services for the, the organization. So obviously all of the inpatient case managers are, are the people responsible for making referrals and sending our patients to skilled nursing. So in addition to that, I also have responsibility over post-acute care services, which includes our skilled nursing facility preferred network. We're also working on a home care network right now. And then I also oversee the our post-acute care surveillance program for our ACO patients and our other patients where we have risk-based contracts with those payers. Can you talk a little bit about how the work that Henry Ford is doing with skilled nursing facilities and post-acute care in general, really, because what you've outlined is, is really the spectrum. Can you talk a little bit about how that's changed over time? Because I know the relationship between acute care and post-acute care and the relationship between acute care and the skilled nursing setting is in a state of evolution. It is. And we started this work with post-acute care probably about eight or nine years ago. And it was the time, you know, when obviously healthcare has gone through a lot of changes over the past many years. And we recognized that the relationship between the hospitals and post-acute care settings was incredibly important to make sure that patients were safe as they were being discharged. So early on, we started just really developing relationships with some of the SNFs, especially where we sent high volumes of patients to see if there were ways that we could streamline and optimize that transition of care between the hospital and the facility. Over the years, then, as the readmission penalties have continued to impact us, we've really focused on the development of a preferred network of SNFs. And we look to those facilities that actually want to be very willing, active partners with us to improve patient outcomes. So we've really evolved from having, you know, very isolated and individual relationships with specific facilities to now we're at a point where we have a 
system-wide post-acute care value council, and that includes representation from all of our hospitals, as well as our post-acute partners. So primarily right now, that is SNFs. And so those facilities that are part of our preferred network also participate on um, our council. And the, the goal of that group is really to identify processes, programs, initiatives that can improve that transition of care and improve patient outcomes. And they also kind of guide our decisions around metrics, what we need to track, how we need to impact, you know, different different areas. And so it really has been a great group. So we've really seen the the relationships between our hospitals and our partners really evolve incredibly over those years. One thing that I did want to ask about was from the hospital side, what were some of the pressures that you were facing and how did those shape the way you ended up approaching your post-acute partners? Because I know that we talk about the skilled nursing facilities as being under pressure from value-based care and how the system is changing, but hospitals are facing that kind of pressure too. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like from the hospital side? Yeah, I think that a lot of the identification of a need for change was related to the readmission penalties when those were first implemented for hospitals. And as we looked at our own data, we recognized that readmission rates for patients that were being discharged to skilled nursing were incredibly high. And so it was very clearly an area where we could develop partnerships and interventions to improve those readmission rates. So that's probably the number one reason that we found all of this so incredibly important to develop these partnerships with our post-acute care partners. We've also seen, you know, as patients are readmitted, some of the reasons for those readmissions sometimes are a result of something that maybe we missed in the hospital or didn't quite communicate what needed to be done at that next level of care. Sometimes it was related to something that occurred in the skilled nursing facility, but we really identified that the only way to solve those issues was to partner together. So, you know, readmissions, patient outcomes, and then I think the third piece of that has really been around cost of care. And hospitals are held accountable for Medicare spend per beneficiary, and that also includes those post-acute care costs. So... Even though a patient has been discharged from the hospital, if those costs in that post-acute setting are high, that impacts the hospitals as well, and it impacts our star ratings, looking at value-based care. All of those things impact us, and so I know there's been a lot of questions, I think at least at the at the beginning as we started rolling this out about why hospitals cared what length of stay was once they were discharged to a SNF. So that really is the reason behind that is even though they're out of our care, we're still responsible for the cost of the care that's provided after that. You mentioned that you were diving into data as you looked at this process. Can you talk about some of the data challenges that hospitals are facing when it comes to gathering information on skilled nursing outcomes, on skilled nursing length of stay? I know last time we spoke that Henry Ford had been working on some very specific initiatives to tackle data challenges. Can you dive into some of the obstacles that the hospitals face when it comes to data? 
So data is always a challenge. We tend to be data rich, but information poor. We have all these pieces of data out there, but until, you know, someone can take all of that and make sense out of it and help us understand where our opportunities are, it's a lot of data. The biggest challenge for the hospitals related to post-acute care is no access to that information. So although we have nursing home compare, you know, hospital compare, there's there's all those government sites where you can get information. The data lag there is is pretty significant. And so that really becomes problematic as you're looking at, you know, some of those patient outcomes that are two years old. And so the ability to get real-time information is one of our biggest barriers. What we've done and what we started doing was kind of pulling our own information, and we created our own scorecard for our SNF partners based on information that we had access to. So we knew which patients went to which skilled nursing facility, and we knew which patients came back. So we were able to look at readmission rates by facility to help us with that piece of it. Um, some of the, the barriers there in having your own data is that we couldn't track patients that were readmitted to other hospitals outside of our system. As Michigan has become more sophisticated with the health information exchange, we're now able to see through our HIE where patients are actually going. So even though they don't come back to Henry Ford, we're able to track those. So our readmission rates, I think, are getting more accurate. We've also looked at payer information. So many of the payers will share specific information about our post-acute care costs and those specific SNFs for that, that payer group. We can look at readmission rates, length of stay, cost of care. Um, but again, it's one piece of that payer mix. So we have lots of areas where we have pieces of information, but it's very tough to get a, a very clear overarching picture of all the patients, where they go, and what the patient outcomes are. So one of the things that we've done, there's a couple of things. So we do work with MPRO, which is the state's uh, quality improvement organization, and we created a tri-county SNF collaborative, and MPRO actually created a data portal for us where the SNFs can report their internal data directly to through this portal, and then MPRO is able to aggregate that data for each individual hospital so that we have access to that. So that's been helpful, but again, you know, it's still a piece of, of this bigger picture. So what we've done most recently is we have a contract now with CarePort, and CarePort allows us to get better real-time data. So they provide our ADT tracking, so we're able to follow our patients, see where they're going, which is incredibly helpful for our ACO and some of our other risk-based contracts where we can track our patients. It also gives us the ability to actually see pretty accurate readmission rates as well as we've We've implemented some survey functionality within CarePort, which is new, and that allows a survey to go out to each of the SNFs that receives one of our patients 
to let us know for the from the admission perspective, the two questions we ask are who is the provider, because we do have Henry Ford physicians in many of our, our preferred skilled nursing facilities, and then also when was the H&P completed. So we're trying to look at how soon is that provider getting in to see those patients. In addition to that, the other survey that CarePort created for us was a readmission survey. And so that goes into a little more detail about the reason that the patient was sent back to us, what kind of interventions were attempted before the patient came back to the hospital, who was the provider that authorized that move back to the hospital. And so we're trying to find a way to pull information like that, identify trends so that we can actually target interventions where we know we have opportunities to improve. So one thing I was curious about is, have you ever had skilled nursing facilities come to you with data and their own outcomes? And and would that help? Because it sounds like there is a lot of information already. Would the skilled nursing facility approaching Henry Ford with an outline of their data and their outcomes, would that help? And have you ever seen that happen? Yeah, that's that's pretty common now. And there are a lot of healthcare organizations that are moving to preferred networks. And it really requires to become part of a network that willingness to be transparent in the data. We don't expect that every SNF is perfect in patient outcomes. Certainly every hospital has their own challenges with patient outcomes in some areas. So we don't look for perfection. We really look for partners and that willingness to be transparent about, you know, how they are performing and where do they see that they have opportunities to improve and what are they doing to address those things and how there have been things that we've identified that as a hospital system we can assist with. So things like delays in getting medications when patients are discharged from the hospital to the SNF until the prescription gets ordered, it goes to their pharmacy and it's delivered. And so We've tried to identify areas where we can help support that. So one of the things that we put into place was a first fill program where we actually send our patients to the SNFs with the first three-day supply of medications, of the discharge medication list. The facilities have to contract with our outpatient pharmacy to do that, but it at least provides that continuity in the, at least in the medication so that there's no disruption and when patients um, should be getting their next doses of medication. So that's something that that we've identified, you know, based on those conversations with our SNFs of areas where there are challenges and how we as a hospital system can try to support that. So we appreciate when our SNFs are very transparent with us and that they are willing to identify areas where they are struggling and even find ways where we can partner and help to support some of that if if that makes sense. So the data sharing really is moving to a point where it's just very, the expectation is that it become very transparent and the, a willingness to share. We share our data internally. So when we meet with our facilities, we share information that we have as a hospital system. As part of our tri-county group, we actually, we have quarterly meetings with all of the hospital systems in the Southeast Michigan area, and we show our readmission rates by hospital. And so we, we're very transparent as well. And so that really has become an expectation. 
So I'm curious then, when it comes to that transparency, what concretely does that look like when a SNF is meeting with you? What do you want to see from them? And, and what do you expect when they go into such a meeting? We'd like to see readmission rates, obviously, length of stay. Ideally, we would like to see patient satisfaction information. And one of the, the challenges, I think, from a an industry perspective is that there's been no standardization and, and no requirement really to standardize within post-acute care. So for our hospitals, you know, we are required to provide and send um, or get patient satisfaction information related to HCAPs. Most of us use Prestini. And so it's all, all of the questions are very standardized. What we've seen from our SNFs is many of them, most of them do patient satisfaction, but they do it within the, they create their own surveys. And, and so we don't really, you can't really compare one against another on how the, how that particular SNF is, is performing in that, that way. The other thing that we like to look at is physician performance. And so, as I mentioned, we have Henry Ford Medical Group geriatricians embedded in many of our, our skilled nursing facilities, and we expect that as patients, Henry Ford patients are being discharged to those facilities, that they're being assigned to our physicians that are there in those facilities. And so that's one of the things that we ask our SNFs to report is what is the percentage of patients that are admitted to that particular SNF and assigned to our physicians. And then we also, one of the things that our SNFs report through MPRO is the percentage of patients that are seen within 24, 48, and 72 hours by a physician. So all of those kind of things are information that that we look for. We also look at some of our SNFs take, obviously, more complex patients. So we do look oftentimes at readmission rates by DRG. So, you know, we expect that patients that are going to post-acute care to recover from a joint surgery, their length of stay, readmission rates, all of those, all of those metrics are going to be much lower than a patient that is very complex, multiple comorbidities. But we like to see that comparison of how do they perform with a, a relatively straightforward patient versus how they perform with the more complex patients. So those are the kind of things that we look for. Interesting. And when it comes to how the skilled nursing facilities take in those patients, I was curious, uh, when Henry Ford is looking to discharge a patient to a skilled nursing facility, what sort of top of mind and top of priority and how does that change when you have... Um, a complex patient, medically complex patient versus one that maybe is a little bit more straightforward in their diagnosis and what they're going to a sniff for? So I'm not sure that we are sophisticated enough yet to be able to drive specific patients to facilities that are expert in certain, certain things. I think we need to get there and figure out how that, and that that's where that information is so helpful to us based on a particular type of patient. So if we have a facility that is expert in very complex patients, we're thinking as the, the case managers are trying to find placement, what's the best location for and the best facility for that particular patient given the needs that they have? You know, our joint patients, we, we typically see specific facilities that 
that take very high levels of um, or high numbers of referrals for joint placement but don't necessarily take our medically complex patients, which, you know, probably in the scheme of things is, is a good thing. Their expertise is in the joints and not necessarily in the medical side of that. I think the concern that from a hospital perspective that's coming to light right now is the changes that are going to be occurring in the skilled nursing and actually the whole post-acute care world related to the new payment model that's going to be starting October 1st. And so I think we have a lot of concern, I guess, about facilities that have historically taken specific types of patients and their ability to manage those more complex patients that are actually, as the payment model shift, shift are going to be reimbursed at a higher rate. So I think there's, there is going to be concern, especially going forward as, as we're thinking about what's the right place for a particular patient, that's going to get a little tricky once that payment model changes um, until we see kind of how how things fall out from that. We do our best to educate patients and families on our preferred network, and so that's something that we ask our, our case managers to really think about. They struggle a little bit with patients' freedom of choice and, you know, exactly what they should and shouldn't say, which, you know, has has really taken a lot of education for them to feel comfortable in having conversations with patients about where the best place for them might be. So all of that, I think, is a is a work in progress, and I think it's going to be changing over the next next several months. Yeah, the patient-driven payment model is something that is on many people's minds right now, especially if they're tied to the skilled nursing world. And it's interesting because I know many SNFs have had conversations with their partner hospitals about it. And I think that it'll be interesting to see just the ripple effects of this new payment system. One thing I did want to wrap up with, sorry. Yeah, one thing I wanted to wrap up with was with that in mind, with this change coming down the line and with that evolution, what are some of the ways that skilled nursing facilities can improve their relationship with acute care, especially given all of the different things that both acute and post-acute are facing right now? How can the skilled nursing facilities, from your point of view, you know, work better with post with um with sorry, with acute care to just make that transition of care, to make that patient discharge and admission easier? I think that from our perspective, we've had a lot of pretty good success. As we have rolled out our preferred network, some of the things that we have looked at and actually put performance metrics around was kind of that process of the referral, the acceptance rate. And so we actually measure that and we ask that our partners be very respond to us within two hours from a medical perspective. So we recognize that insurance authorizations have to occur for a facility to be able to accept a patient, but we also ask that they very quickly determine if based on the level of the medical needs of that patient, is their facility able to accept them pending that insurance authorization. We're under incredible pressure related to length of stay. And so we can't, you know, we've had situations where where sometimes is days before we have a clear 
answer to where a patient is going to go for their next for that at that transition point. And it is very difficult from the hospital perspective when we are under such incredible pressure around length of stay. We have facilities that and and the the payers you know, that's an issue too. So we go into the weekends, the payers kind of shut down for authorizations. Many of our SNF partners don't have staff in on weekends to be able to review and accept a patient. And so that becomes problematic from a hospital perspective because we often will have patients sitting in an observation unit waiting for placement and they're waiting upwards of 96 hours if they happen to come in on a Friday afternoon until we can get through all of the authorizations and all of those processes. So the more that a SNF can streamline and help us get patients out of the hospital quicker, those are really good partners for us. And and that's one of the things that, that we actually really look at. And I will tell you from a case management perspective, our case managers know which facilities are easier to work with you know, are very responsive, respond quickly, will, you know, go the extra mile to accept a patient that maybe is more complex or maybe has has some different needs. And so they they know which of those facilities they can go to. So I think that the more that facilities can be responsive in the ability to accept patients and, you know, look at different hours of operation and the ability to review those cases, the better partners they really are. It'll be very interesting to see how this changes and how this keeps going with the patient-driven payment model coming up. I am sure that there will be many different things to keep an eye on as that model uh, is implemented and as it continues to evolve and as skilled nursing facilities and hospitals get used to it. So we'll probably end up talking at some point about that later down the line, right? But Sue, uh, thank you so much for making the time to come on the podcast with me today. I really enjoyed the conversation and I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rethink, the future of skilled nursing. For more news and insights on the skilled nursing news industry, subscribe to our daily or weekly newsletters at skillednursingnews.com. I'm Maggie Flynn, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network, Chicago, Illinois.